0: hello i'm daniel desmond and welcome to des caught it i'm here today with caleb goldstein hello this is a podcast about football for real fans we're going to be talking about fantasy gambling and jackson mahomes TikTok, and all the crazy things about the nfl and it's going to be fun we're going to have reoccurring segments with my friends and argue about some football today we are going to be doing a way too early first round fantasy mock draft we are going to go pick by pick and give our 12 best guys for next year and then we are going to end with ride or die so Caleb, let's get right into it and give our first twelve picks for the twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three season.
1: Who is the first pick? Um, I think it has to be Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, I I think he'll bounce back well off this injury. Like he's a beast. Um, but while while the season was going on and while he was still playing, there wasn't really a conversation on who would be the first pick next year. Derrick Henry was the clear RB one in fantasy. Jonathan Taylor has overtaken that role just because Derrick Henry's been shadowed by his injury. But I think Derrick Henry is just the clear running back one. He's getting so much volume this year. He he had thirty carries one game. He has thirty carries in multiple games, and you know he he is getting his receiving volume that people were worried about in the start of the year, which is why they were taking Zeke and Kamara over him. People were just worried about that receiving like volume that he would get. Um, but this year, you know, he's tying a career high in catches before he got hurt, and he's still like the a top five rusher with rushing yards. So I just feel like Derrick Henry is just the clear first
0: yeah he was I also have Derek Henry here he was on pace to break so many records on pace for over 25 total touchdowns 2,000 yards and like you were just alluding to his receiving was up I mean 19 catches in his eight games that ties his career high but I do feel like his usage it was like incredible 27 and a half carries per game which is nine more than Jonathan Taylor I feel like after this injury, especially, they might try and like slow him down and work him back in a little bit and not overuse him like they did. But I still feel like he is the best running back in the NFL and is the best fantasy uh, player.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like it's perfect for him because he might come back for the playoffs. But if he doesn't, then he has a whole off season to like. He'll be back for his- the. He'll be back for yeah. the playoffs. He'll be back for the playoffs, but. If they don't work him as much in the playoffs, then he still has a whole offseason to recover for mm-hmm. next year. So I feel like, I mean, that injury to his foot, I feel like it, they'll definitely tune him down a little bit, maybe at the start of the year, maybe in pre, or there is no preseason anymore, right? There's or another three games. Maybe in the preseason, they'll run him a little bit and just get him used to it. And I feel like you, know, you can't tone down Derek Henry. He's a beast. I This is his first injury in a while. And I feel like, you know, the Titans, that's their win condition. Like, they, yeah. they need him to win.
0: Yeah, and like you were just saying, like, the way Derrick Henry is so good is by giving him these 27 touches, 27 carries a game, and just working down that defense, and then he's going to break one eventually. Yeah, exactly. And that's what makes him so good. Uh, so we have a consensus at the first pick in Derrick Henry, and I'm pretty sure we have a consensus at the two pick. Who do you have, Caleb? Um,
1: I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, Ever since Derrick Henry got hurt, he's been the highest-scoring running back. His offensive line is really just putting him above everybody else. The Colts offensive line has looked amazing this year. And the Colts have finally found their guy. With Jonathan Taylor there, he they hasn't had a like a stable quarterback. Phillip Rivers was there last year, but it wasn't really like he wasn't really as good as Carson Wentz has looked. And now they have Pittman who's really blossomed as like a their receiver one. <clears throat> and I feel like I feel like Jonathan Taylor has just looked amazing this year and you know, he scores a touchdown every game.
0: Yeah. So the biggest thing probably if you have the one or two pick next year is Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. And I don't feel like it's that far off. I mean, Jonathan Taylor averaging 103 yards per game, 18 and a half carries and is on pace for 22 rushing touchdowns. And Derrick Henry is 117 yards per game, 27 carries and is on pace for also 22 rushing touchdowns, or he was on pace for 22 rushing touchdowns. And, they aren't far apart, and JT has much more upside in the passing game. So I I wouldn't be mad if you're taking Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry next year. But I feel like the workload. I mean, it's just 18 and a half carries compared to 27 and a half. I'm taking 27 and a half over, uh, over 18 and a half. I just feel like Jonathan Taylor is the consensus too. But I. I would, I would maybe take Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely that receiving value that just
1: like puts him above, and I feel like, <clears throat> and I feel like just Derrick Henry just gets a lot more carries per game, which is like, you know, there's more of a possibility that he breaks one, and there's more of a possibility that he scores touchdowns. But Jonathan Taylor's gotten every red zone carry. People thought yeah. at the beginning of the year that Marlon Matter, Najee Hines, Hines, Marlon Matter, uh, yeah, catches, but they really haven't. It's been all Jonathan Taylor all day. And also with the Colts, he's their win condition. Like, they literally need to have him score two touchdowns, one touchdown a game. And there's just not an opportunity where I see in the last four games of the season where Jonathan Taylor doesn't score a touchdown. And I feel like that'll start up. I mean, like, this is his first year where he's really, like, been the best fantasy running back or a top three or even a top five guy. So I don't know if that'll keep up completely. But just with his offensive line, it's hard to really bring him down from where he is right now
0: yeah i i feel like if you have the one or two pick i don't think you can go wrong unless one of these guys gets hurt yeah exactly jonathan taylor or derrick henry both of them will be great yeah so moving on to our third pick caleb who do you have
1: um i have austin eckler he's still the second highest scoring running back and the charges have been really weird this year they've been so up and down against the ravens they look terrible and then against other teams they look great their offense looks great against the browns their offense looked amazing and I feel like at the start of the year, Austin Eckler was the RB one. He had twenty points a game for the first per- first five games, and he still has five hundred receiving yards, seven touchdowns, and that re- and that receiving upside. He's like a baby McCaffrey, like everybody always says. Like he literally. I his his receiving upside is always gonna staple him as a top three top five guy, and I just think as like well this this week Keenan Allen's out with COVID, I think he'll Austin Eckler will get into the game script a lot more and they'll especially start against, him more
0: especially against the Giants yeah, exactly That's especially the matchup. Giants I
1: think this is a big game for him to bounce back and for the Chargers front office to fi- or the yeah the Chargers front office to finally realize that like when he does well they normally win games and Austin Eckler is just such a dominant force and he's such a good. Like he's just such a good passing running back that I just don't think you can put anyone else over him. That's not already.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing with me is that his workload is a little shaky. Like, he, he barely gets over 10 carries a game. Yeah. And the difference between him and Najee, who I actually have at my third pick, is his receiving touchdowns. Like, Eckler has seven receiving touchdowns and Najee only has two. That is the difference between the two of them, and t- uh, I'm going to talk about Najee here on my third pick. His ceiling is capped because of his O-line and quarterback, and I feel like this offense is going to go under a complete redesign this offseason because of Big Ben leaving, there might uh, the offensive line might get shaken up a little bit. And I feel like this offense is going to go through Najee. And the Steelers are 6-1-1 when giving Najee 16 carries. And they are 0-5 when he goes under that threshold. And I feel like Najee is just going to have much more of a role in the Steelers' offense next year. And his workload is going to stay more consistent than Eckler's. Yeah, I mean, I like that.
1: I mean, I just think, yeah, Najee definitely has a better workload than Eckler, and he definitely gets the ball. He f- They feed him. Like you said, when they feed him, they do well. But I feel like with a new quarterback going in, they're going to want to just check it down to, like, Deontay Johnson throughout the game. And I feel like it'll be hard for him to get that passing. Well, outside I mean, that you could also gets.
0: check it down to Najee.
1: You can, but that's normally just when, like, like, when Big Ben as like, literally nothing. And I feel like with new quarterback, they're going to give him easy routes for the receivers, not as much to Najee. They'll definitely feed him in the running game. But I just like Eckler with his receiving upside a lot more, and I just think the Chargers will bounce back from this, like, weird like streak that they've gone through that, this season because, like, Keenan Allen is coming back as that wide receiver one. And when Mike Williams was the receiver one, Eckler got a lot more in the passing game because Mike Williams is more of a deep ball threat and Keenan Allen was more of like that slant guy, those out guys. And you don't really have a short pass threat when Mike Williams is that wide receiver one. That's like, he's like blossoming as that receiver one and Eckler was that guy where he would get those short passes and the wheel routes. And now when that Keenan Allen is coming back, they'll be able to get Eckler into the game more because they just didn't expect Keenan Allen to like, become like Mike Williams was having such a great season and they just didn't expect Keenan Allen to come back like this and now it's just hard for them to get Eckler the ball as much
0: I mean Eckler hasn't been bad I don't know you're talking about like bouncing back and stuff he's gone 18 20 and 42 in his last three games
1: I mean it's just, he's not seeing as much workload he's becoming more touchdown dependent and I feel like and then the game against the Eagles he had like 11 carries no touchdowns and it's really just with Eckler it's normally like you're getting 15 points no matter what without a touchdown, because it's just you're getting all those receptions. Yeah. And I think that's just not what he's been in the past couple of weeks. But, I mean, I, yeah, he definitely still has that receiving upside, and I definitely think he'll be the third pick next year. I
0: I, I just feel like all of these picks that I have on this talk, I feel like all of them are awesome. And getting, like, Najee Eckler at the third or fourth pick, I feel like is really great
1: yeah exactly I mean this year has been like so weird and crazy that so many guys have just
0: yeah been up there uh so let's move on to our fourth pick here uh looking at it I think we just have the inverse so I
1: mean we just talked about it I have Eckler
0: you have Najee yeah and it's just for those same reasons where you have Eckler who is who has like a more reliable and more touchdown. Productive uh, workload, you could say. And then Najee has pretty good upside for next year as well. So, yep, I mean, the Chargers,
1: I feel like the Chargers have a better offense, and with Herbert developing even more, than the Chargers' offense will get even better. And yeah. I just like running backs that are in that good offense with those guys around him that can also take the tension off him a little bit. Najee, like you said, if the quarterback gets changed or when it does get changed next year, he'll be the number one target. I mean, he'll be like the number one focus for most yeah. teams um, and I just don't think the people in the passing will be focused on as much and I think Eckler just with people that are shadowing around him just will be a lot better that Not is a lot better but I think
0: that is the biggest thing because the Steelers offensive line is awful and you can stack the box and then like double team Deontay Johnson and like have a safety because Chase, Chase Claypool can only catch like a fly yeah and then you just shadow a safety onto his side and like Big Ben's awful. I feel like taking the pressure off of Najee while also giving him more touches, I feel like that comes with also like a rookie quarterback, a new offense, and that's why I feel like Najee is has more upside than Eckler next year. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's off. Just offensive
1: line. It's been terrible. They yeah. can't protect Big Ben. They can barely protect Najee when he's running the ball. And I just feel like teams will just focus in on that a lot more next year. Like, with Derrick Henry, it works because the offensive line isn't terrible in Tennessee. Yeah. And with Derrick Henry, he's just, just huge. He's the a monster. He just yeah. goes through people. Yeah. But Najee's not really that much of just a power runner. He's Nazi, a power runner. He's a power runner, he but when he gets in space, miss. he also makes people miss. And I feel like... I just don't like Najee as much as I do Echo this just because of the people around him. If they were switched offenses, it, yeah. it might be different. But I just don't like Najee as much in his offense.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to the fifth pick here. Caleb, who
1: do you have? Um, For my fifth pick, I have Joe Mixon. This is... Literally, this is the first year where he's actually gotten a chance to shine as that running back one without anybody else in the backfield, really. He has Pirine there. But Giovanni Bernard has always been a staple running back, two in that offense, and they've always used him so much in the receiving game. And now Mixon's getting 20, 18 carries a game, and a touchdown, and 100 yards. And when the Bengals play well, Mixon plays well. He's a top-three guy this year. He's been playing amazingly and finally got his good season, like I said. And the talent has always been there. He's just always been just not as good with injuries, and he's just been up and down. But with this Bengals offense really bouncing back this year, and well, not really bouncing back, just with this Bengals offense looking good this year, I think Mixon will be even better next year with these young guys developing also. It's always just been the offensive line with him too. But this offensive line stepped up a little bit this year, and they've gotten Mixon room to run, and I definitely like him going forward.
0: I don't I don't like him as the fifth pick. I, I wouldn't take Mixon here as a fifth because I feel like I don't think there is, much of, there is much of a ceiling to where he is right now. And I mean, like, Mixon is, like, a borderline, like, top five running back. But I feel like there are a couple of wide receivers and maybe a running back or two that are better and more explosive than him. And Mixon, like you said, it's just the offensive line, and the offensive line <laughs> does hold him back. But it's also that, like, the Bengals want to throw the ball. They want to throw to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and they want Joe Burrow to throw for, like, 300 yards and three touchdowns. And I feel like that's the—they're having, like, kind of like an identity crisis where, like, Mixon's doing so well, but then they also want to throw the ball because they just want to use Burrow and Jamar Chase that I feel like Mixon doesn't have much of a ceiling besides this. And, like, going up, I I feel like, is a little bit uh, unreasonable.
1: Um, I mean, I wouldn't say he would go up. I'm just saying he would stay the same. He's getting so much volume, and he's getting these touches, even if they want to throw the ball to Burrow so many times. This Bengals offense has been really explosive when it does work. So I just feel like Mixon is getting his touches, and he's finally getting— Like I call, I, I said to you at the beginning of the year, that I mean, at the beginning of the draft, that Mixon was going to have his year this year because Giovanni Bernard has always been holding him back and they might the Bengals will probably go out drafted offensive linemen with whatever pick they get maybe like the 20th 18th pick and i just i just like him so much going forward i like him over any receiver just because they're not as valued and also <laughs> just because i feel like every single receiver it's hard to predict if any of these receivers are going to keep at the same exact pace and it's just easier with running backs to predict to know that like his volume won't go down as much
0: i Also, like, the reason Giovanni Bernard holding you back is also, like, kind of a red flag. Like, Giovanni Bernard should not stop you from being a successful running back in the NFL.
1: I mean, it was injuries and him. Yeah, and
0: injuries, like you just said. Like, he is injury prone when it comes to these things, and he can get injured more often than some of these other guys.
1: Well, he's about to have his first full season. and maybe. He will, he will, he will. And you know, yeah, it is Giovanni Bernard holding you back. You can see with other guys that a second running back definitely doesn't make them better. Like it's I mean, it's like Nick Chubb, he gets holed back a little bit by Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And but well, it's obviously, Kareem
0: Hunt and Giovanni Bernard. Yeah,
1: but they're the same, they're the same type of guy. Giovanni Giovanni Bernard is these his patch section guy that still gets ten carries a game and red zone carries. And I feel like the offensive line on the Browns was a lot better. You can't really compare the two, but Joe Mixon is like he's the he's a top three guy this year, and I think if anything, he he might fall off a little bit, but that volume is still gonna be there in the Bengals offense.
0: I just feel like one, he is he's the fifth running back right now behind like Leonard Fournette and Najee Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, and I just feel like a wide receiver who I have here, Cooper Cup, and I much rather have Cooper Cup next year. And I understand that he'll likely regress, but if you take away six of his touchdowns, which is literally half of his touchdowns, and 200 yards, he is still the wide receiver one over Justin Jefferson. And he hasn't had a bad game. His He, he hasn't had, like, really an awful game. His worst game was in week four when he went six for 64 but had 13 targets. It's just crazy what he's doing, and I'd much rather have that type of, like, incredible production over Mixon who just kind of feels, like, bland and doesn't have that type of upside that Cup does. I
1: mean, this is all without Robert Wood. I mean, he did have it with Robert Woods beginning of the year, but I just want to see how Cooper Cup's gonna work in that four receiver offense, which is gonna be next year, with OBJ, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and him and Daryl Henderson like actually shining as like a good running back. I just don't think his targets will st- I mean, yeah, I don't think his target targets will stay at 13. They'll definitely drop a little bit and I just don't trust them as much as I do trust Mixon with his volume. And also running backs in fantasy are always picked higher. Like if you if we're talking about like, I mean, Cooper Cup should be the third pick if you're talking about, like, picking a receiver over a running back. And I feel like just mixing, I just like him more next year.
0: It, but the thing is, though, is that Cooper Cup, like, the people who are, like, in first place in your fantasy leagues probably have Cooper Cup because of just how good he's been and the value you got out of him. And now that he's still in the first round, I feel like he's averaging 25 points in full-point PPR, which is two more than John than jonathan taylor is and i feel like cooper cup will stay at this pace because obj one is a free agent next year so it'd be interesting to see if they bring him uh back or not and then also you have like robert woods who is coming off a torn acl who might get off to a slow start and i just feel like cooper cup is just such an explosive guy and in this mcveigh offense that wants to throw the ball i just feel like cooper cup over mixon i just feel like You got to go Cup because he's just been incredible this year. So why do you have Najee and Eckler over Cooper Cup? Najee and Eckler because of their value and their upside.
1: Right, but Cooper Cup's upside clearly we've seen is like 13 targets, maybe 15 targets and 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. And I just feel like if you're going to say that you can put this receiver over like a top five, top, like top five running back this year, then I just don't know why you wouldn't put him over at least Eckler, just with the volume he's getting.
0: Well, I because Eckler still has this upside to be a running back. And like you said, like running backs are more valuable than wide receivers. But also Joe Mixon isn't like isn't that type of guy that I would I would much rather have Cooper Cup than Mixon on my team in the future. But then also Najee and Eckler still have these upsides and their value is like a whole tier above Mixon. Like right here is where I see a tear drop between the running backs, and it is yeah. a perfect time to where you should get a wide receiver who's gonna be incredible. And Najee and Eckler just still have, like, incredible roles in their offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the same with, with what was happening this year with, if you had the fifth or sixth pick, are you going to pick Devontae? Are you going to reach on Kelsey a little bit? Or are you yeah. going to go with Eckler or Dalvin, or not Dalvin Cook or, like, Aaron Jones or someone like that? And I feel like it's really just whichever one you want. And I don't think there's a, like, Devontae Adams was coming off his best year last year, and he's fallen off a little bit. I think the same will happen with Cooper Cup. He just won't get that as much of a volume because teams sort just like people expect weren't able to game plan for this coming into the year that Cooper cup was going to be this wide receiver one and Cooper cup was going to be the clear guy there. Robert Woods has always been the guy that's like a little above Cooper cup. And I still think the talent level is close he's just getting so many more targets. And I just feel like there's not a definite sign or there is some signs that Cooper cup's going to come back this exact same, but I just don't think that he can get any better than this. And I just feel like it's just not—I I just would rather take a running back at the fifth pick. And I just don't like the people coming back to you if you're going you're gonna to have to get a running back coming back after everybody else goes. And I just don't like that lineup.
0: I like that lineup. I feel like getting a guy like Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones where he goes, and then um like Ezekiel Elliott or something like that. I feel like that is a pretty solid term. None of those
1: guys will be there in like a 12-man league.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like that's a pretty solid turn, and I also feel like like what I said is that if you take away half of Cooper Cup's touchdowns and two hundred yards, he is still the wide receiver one. And I mean, regret in terms of regressing, like teams would have figured out Cooper Cup by now if they actually like if they wanted to, but they just can't because there's so many weapons on this offense and it's so explosive, and that's not going to change from now until next year. So they're gonna come in and they're gonna still be an explosive office offense. And then Cooper Cup is still gonna be great.
1: Yeah, that's true. I just really, okay. I, I would consider a hundred percent taking Cup over Mixon. I just like Mixon over any other of the running backs here. So okay. I I mean, yeah. I
0: respect that. Um, so moving on to the sixth pick, uh, Caleb. It looks like you have Cooper Cup here. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, like we were talking about, he's just been amazing. He's the clear wide receiver one. And just, like, even when everybody's been there, he still gets 10 targets a game. Like, on games he's lost, on games against Tennessee where Matthew Stafford looked like a terrible quarterback, he still had 13 targets, 11 receptions. So I just feel like there's not really any stopping him this year. We just have to see what, like, takes him into next
0: year. Yeah. I actually have Dalvin Cook here at my sixth spot, and I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about him. And we saw it on Thursday night, and Dalvin Cook is still a top three running back. He is injury prone, and he has missed some time, but if you can guarantee like 15, 16 healthy games of Dalvin Cook, I'm not sure if there's any running backs I would rather have over that. And he has great receiving upside, but doesn't have like that whole... Uh, like full rushing upside and the offense th- flowing through you type of upside like Najee, Eckler, JT, and Henry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't like Dalvin Cook as much just because of how big of a role Justin Jefferson has played in this offense, getting like 13 receptions in some games. And also, just with the injury-prone stuff, he hasn't played a full season in so long, and it's just—I just don't trust him over guys like Mixon or like Devonte adams or someone like that and i just i i just don't think that dalvin, he's definitely still talent wise a top three running back he just doesn't get the volume as much or as much volume as these other guys especially with madison there also
0: yeah and that's one of the things there you talk about madison madison is also great so they're gonna give him like five to ten touches a game but i feel like dalvin cook is still like This offense, like, is incredible on paper, and even with, like, the emergence of Justin Jefferson, I mean, going back, like, five years ago when Dalvin Cook entered the league, you had Diggs, Thielen, and now it's Jefferson and Thielen. Dalvin Cook was still always great, and he was always this top five back, and I just feel like it won't change in the next couple of years here, and we we saw it on Thursday where Dalvin Cook ran for over 200 yards. I just feel like... He has that receiving upside. He has uh, the rushing floor. He is a little bit injury prone, but he does fit like every single characteristic that you would want out of a running back in the first round here.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, he, it's not like he hasn't been super healthy. I mean, he hasn't been healthy sort of he's missed three games this year the game against dallas the the game right coming after the bye he still had 18 rushing attempts just wasn't able to punch it in then after that he had 17 rushing attempts and then after that he had 24 so he's definitely still getting the volume in this vikings offense and i'm like, I'm leaning towards liking this a little bit. I just like Mixon over him in this situation just because of the situation that Mixon's in and the situation that Dalvin Cook's in. I like the offense that Mixon is around better just for him. But the talent is definitely still there with Dalvin Cook. And if he gets that much volume and the receiving volume that he's... Honestly, he's been seeing some good receiving volume this year. Yeah. He, had six, he had six receptions against the 49ers. This game against the Steelers, he had three three targets, and he's just getting, like, a couple receptions a game. He definitely can da- bounce it off on the screen pass if the play that he's in, like, breaks down a little bit just because when they pass the ball in Madison is in, like, at least half of the time. So I just don't trust him as much just with the injuries.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on to our seventh pick, Caleb, who do you have?
1: Um, I have Devonta Adams. I mean, I think it's so close between him and Justin Jefferson. Just the talent is there with Devonta Adams. He is by far, or not by far, but he's definitely the most talented receiver in the league. And we don't know what's happening with Rodgers. This offense might get messed up a little bit, but just from talent, he's above anyone except Cooper Cup, just because of Cooper Cup's volume. But Justin Jefferson has looked great, too, so I think you can go either way.
0: Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, like, I'm going to get into this when I talk about him, but you have no idea what's going to happen with rogers you don't know what's going to happen with him he's a free agent next year he could go anywhere he wants and rogers he might want to follow rogers it's just such a huge question mark but i don't think it's much of a doubt that he still is the best wide receiver in the nfl and it's just like such a huge question mark and there's like some of these like the teams with like, the most cap space because Devontae, if he doesn't follow Rodgers, is going to be looking for a huge contract. Some of these teams, like the Jets the Dolphins the Giants also like the Chargers like three out of those four teams are like efficient uh, three out of the four teams aren't like that efficient in terms of passing so I'd be really interested to see where Devontae Rogers it's just such a huge question mark
1: yeah it really is I mean I would love him on the Dolphins with Jalen Waddle I would like I would like that with Tua just getting more chemistry Um, do you know how much cap space the Colts might have? Because I would really, like, the Colts are looking for that last guy to really fill, just, like, fill the puzzle with them. And I just feel like, you know, it's just, if he goes to these different teams, it's really just a huge question mark, like you said. If he does stay with Rodgers, I think he's still the seventh pick. But if he doesn't, if he goes and finds a new quarterback, then I would definitely consider taking Justin Jefferson over him. But I just think it's, it's really just... It's really just where you it's really just which guy you like more. Like Devontae mm-hmm. Adams is not going to get you as many big plays as Justin Jefferson does. Justin Jefferson will get you these fifty yard, sixty yard touchdowns. When Devontae Adams will just get you like twelve targets a game and also a lot of more a lot more red zone touches than Justin Jefferson does, because Justin Jefferson does have feel in there who gets the majority of the red zone receptions. Yeah. And if Devontae Adams goes to a new team, then it, it's It'll really just depend on how much volume he gets there and if there's another guy that is is their staple receiver one there.
0: Mm-hmm. So I have the top seven uh, teams with cap space here. And so number one is the Chargers. I'm going to talk about this later, but I feel like that's a great fit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean that would be unstoppable.
0: Yeah, and then at number two, it's Miami. That's pretty solid. There's not like too much competition, Waddle, but it's also like Tua in terms of like keeping yeah, he's up, still up. like and down. Yeah. And then three, Jacksonville, God no. <laughs> Four, Cincy. I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's a bunch of talent. I'm not sure if he would go there. I don't think they go out and get him. Five, Washington football team. That's interesting. I don't like this I, at all either. I don't. I don't, I don't like, like Heineke
1: that. at all. I I don't think anybody, I don't think any good receiver can produce in Washington. It's so un, inconsistent. McLaurin is barely producing there. And I feel like there's no chance that Taylor Heineke is good enough to feed two top 10,
0: top 15 guys there. It's also like Devontae Adams is picking where he's going. Yeah. Like, does and he want to go to Washington and then play with Taylor Heineke? No. Probably not. I mean, if and he then, does
1: go to the Chargers, that'll be the most talented offense that we've seen in so long. That would just be incredible. Just, you'll hear I, a
0: little prediction about that. Um, At six, I have uh, the Colts. Colts are the six. I like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the best fit for him. I think that's the best fit for the Colts. I think they're going to go out and get a receiver this year, whether it's Devontae Adams or whether it's a guy like Allen Robinson or someone like that. And I think most receivers will work on the Colts. The Colts are a very system-heavy Offense, and I feel like some receivers will fit perfectly in that system. Alshon Jeffrey fit perfectly in that system when he was on the Eagles, and Alshon Jeffrey wasn't like a top 10, top 15 guy, but he was still getting targets and still getting receptions. And Devontae Adams is just Alshon Jeffrey, but 10,000 times better. So I just feel like he'll fit perfectly on this Colts offense. If he does go to the Colts, I would consider him, I would consider picking him over guys like Cooper Cup or something like that but I just Maybe. I mean you just don't know you just don't know where he's gonna go
0: and then at seven the Jets and yeah, whatever. No. So, yeah, I don't no, think he's please. gonna do that but so, Devontae, just such a huge question mark, and I have Justin Jefferson, who is playing unreal right now and has the most points by any wide receiver since week 10. I just feel like he's such a solid and fun guy to have on your team, and he started off the year all right and is now really starting to heat up, so you can maybe even get a better year out of him next year. Like, that isn't completely out of the picture, so I feel like Justin Jefferson getting him at, like, this mid-to-late, ra- uh, mid-to-late pick here— I feel like that's kind of, like, incredible pick yes, and such I mean, a great value right there. Justin
1: Jefferson is incredible. I love him so much. He's carrying my fantasy team so much every single week, putting up 30 a game. He has, He's averaging, like, 10 receptions in the past five or four games or something like that, and over 100 yards. And it's just, like, Justin Jefferson has played so well. Kirk Cousins just misses him on so many routes, and he's just holding him back so much. And I just think it's just it's just with the quarterback play here. I just think it's whichever guy Devonte adams or justin jefferson gets a better quarterback next year on a better offense then i just like them more just because justin jefferson gets his targets taken away a little bit in the red zone by adam thielen but yeah. now he's hurt we don't know what's gonna happen with him but i mean justin jefferson has been incredible
0: mm-hmm. um so moving on to our eighth pick uh i have joe mixon here that we were just talking about yeah. and i feel like you you pass up and you you take some of these wide receivers over him because I just feel like they're they're pretty unstoppable. And then Joe Mixon, he's playing amazing and like you said, Giovanni Bernard left at the start of the year and Mixon has gotten a lot of receiving work. But it's just that the Bengals the Bengals O line sucks and he's being like incredibly efficient. That might not hold, especially if they want to keep passing the ball. I mean, I just feel like Mixon is just such a riskier pick than some of these guys here. Like I feel like Dalvin Cook just has a higher floor in both receiving and rushing. And Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, like you were talking about, I just feel like they they just have such a higher floor and that they're much safer, but still going to produce on an elite level compared to Mixon here.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely starting to agree with you on this, but I definitely think that if you get Mixon at eight, it'll be a steal for next year. But I feel like, I mean, there's just so many guys that you can take this year and next year going forward that just, like... There's guys like Zeke, there's guys like Kamara who didn't shine this year. There's guys like McCaffrey who's not even on our top 12 that shined so much the year before that just haven't really had their volume this year. And I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it's really just, it's really just if you want a running back, if you want a receiver, but definitely if you want, if you get mixed in at eighth, then that's
0: such a steal. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like it's the way you want to approach the draft here. Like, if you can get Mixon at eight, and then on the t- on the turn, you can maybe get, like, a guy like Diggs or, like, Deontay Johnson yeah. or, like, some, like, really great wide receiver there, or you could go the route where you take a guy like Justin Jefferson and then get, like, Zeke, Chubb, Aaron Jones on the turn. Yeah. And I'd much rather have that just because you're going to have an elite wide receiver and then, like not much of a drop-off in terms of running back there. Yeah, I feel there's like, a lot of... I feel like there's an, there's an elite amount of running backs. Um, yeah, even DeAndre Swift and Tony Yeah, Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Hiftown. yeah, all those guys. Um. Okay. And then, Caleb, who do you have at your eighth pick? Um, here? I
1: have Justin Jefferson. He's looked incredible with and without Thielen on the field. He started off a little bit shaky, but now he looks like the second best receiver in the league talent-wise. like yeah. He's literally looked incredible. It's his second year and he's blossomed as already this top three guy. And it's just it's just amazing. I can't wait to see what he does in these next years. Um, yeah, he's yeah. going to be a baller. Yeah, he's going to be amazing. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's go into our ninth pick. I spice it up a bit here, but Caleb, who do you have?
1: Um, I actually totally forgot about this guy when making the thing, and I just reminded myself of him. I have Christian McCaffrey. I feel like I just changed this, but I just feel like... I just feel like when he does play, he gets so much receiving upside, and he's literally the most important player on any team in the league except for maybe Derrick Henry, and he's just always hurt. He's never not hurt. He's sort of like Saquon like that. He's literally always hurt, but if he does have a full year again, he's going to be a top-three guy especially if they don't stay with Cam because Cam's been so shaky. And I just don't think they're going to stay with him. They might draft the quarterback in the draft. And I just I just love McCaffrey so much when he does play.
0: Even in his one game with Cam, he still had 30 points against the football team. Yeah, because he had
1: like 11 receptions. It's yeah, crazy.
0: If you guaranteed 18 healthy games of Christian McCaffrey, I would take him over any player in the draft.
1: Yeah, if you guaranteed it, 14 just, healthy games out of McCaffrey.
0: It's just, like, the injuries, and I mean, like, last year, what it was, it's literally two years, like, the exact same year, where, like, he plays two games, he's awesome, gets hurt, goes on IR for about, like, six weeks, plays two games, gets hurt, goes back on IR, and is out for the season. I mean, that's just been, like, a reoccurring thing the past two years, and he's just, like, such injury-prone that, like, um, it it scares me in this like first round draft uh, first round pick here where like if you hit on him you likely win your league but if you miss on him it's just like you're wasting your first round pick
1: yeah, it's been so sad with him. Like he is so good, and he's so explosive when he gets the ball. I mean, in the games that he's played in week ten and eleven, he had twenty six and twenty four. Yeah, he's and, incredible. But, yeah, and then he had three in the next game against Miami. That was just he got a, hurt. yeah, because he got hurt, and also that was just a terrible show by everybody. And then in his first two games of the season, he had 27 and 24. And it's just so sad seeing what, like, all these injuries have done to him. But if, yeah. if you give me a healthy year, if you give me a 13, 14-game season out of McCaffrey, I'm taking him over almost every single player. And if you give me a completely healthy McCaffrey, then I'm taking him at one, if, yeah. not, if not at two over, like, next to Derek It mm-hmm.
0: It is, like, a very risky pick. Like, so risky. Like, you could win your league or, like, just waste the pick there.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you drafted McCaffrey first you, this year, you're lucky if you're anywhere close to the playoffs.
0: Mm-hmm. So at nine, um, this is where I spice things up. And like we were just talking about, I had Devontae Adams, but as a charger. Devontae so Adams, like we were talking about, is a free agent. And there is probably no way he re- resigns with the Packers just because Roger's likely leaving. And the Packers are $34 million over the cap, which means that they really can't afford him. And the Chargers have the most cap space in the NFL next year. Mike Williams is a free agent, and I could see them letting him go and giving Devontae Adams a four-year, $120 million deal. I would love him and Herbert together, and if this happens, I feel like he remains a top-five fantasy wide receiver and the best receiver in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, if this happens, that would be a blockbuster deal. I mean, they would have the most talented offense in the league by far. Yeah. If they had Keaton Allen, Devontae Adams, and Eckler and Herbert, that would yeah. really be incredible. And would... you have
0: like Rashawn Slater, Corey yeah. Lindsley. It's just like. I mean, there would be nobody stopping that team. Incredible. I just feel like. It, see, this is like kind of like a prediction that he's on the Chargers because he just might not be. Yeah. But. I just feel like Devontae Adams just like such a high floor no matter where he goes cuz he's going there because he knows he's going to have a big enough role to be this be- the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's not going to just go to like a team just to like win a ring. That's not what he's going to do I yeah. I think. I think he still has he still has a couple of golden years and I feel like he's going to make the most of them and go to go to somewhere where he can like win a ring but also be the best wide receiver in the NFL still
1: yeah this is why I don't really know if the Chargers are the best fit for him I just this Keenan Allen always is there he's been their guy for like eight years now and I just don't think that they're gonna go out and get I mean they could go out and get Devontae Adams just that'll lower Keenan Allen's volume a lot more and I just think Keenan Allen's a top seven receiver in the league when he gets the volume and I just feel like with Devontae Adams, it's really just gonna be wherever he goes, wherever he ends up, and it's just, it's just up for, it's just up for like just guessing at this point. But when we do see where he goes, if he does go to a different team with a good quarterback, I think he's gonna still be a top three fantasy receiver.
0: And also like. I feel like there still is a way because Mike Williams is leaving. I feel like there is a way where you combine Keenan Allen and you have Devontae Adams where they can both work. Like Justin Herbert has thrown over 300 yards seven times this year, which is three more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just like throw the ball constantly and there's just a lot of mouths to feed. But I feel like Eckler will get his own. Uh, Eckler will get his own. Keenan will get his own. Devonte will get his own in this offense, and I just feel yeah. like it's like an v- incredible fit with Herbert here.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see where he goes. I just I I would love him on any team except for like if for some reason he goes to like any of the New York teams or anybody or anyone with a bad quarterback.
0: Anybody with a bad quarterback, I hate yeah. it. Um, okay, so our 10th pick, Caleb, who do you have?
1: Um. I have Alvin Kamara. You know, he's had lots of stuff with injuries this year. And now that Ingram, I'm not sure if he's going to get re-signed or I'm not sure what his contract is. But it's sort of packed for the next year. But Kamara has been amazing with Ingram, without Ingram. And he just can't stay healthy. He plays well with whatever quarterback they plan on pursuing. I mean... It's just like he started to turn up so much at the end of the year, and we will now see how he bounces back from his injury this week, I think. Or, yeah, he's yeah. coming back this week. I mean, his last three games, he had 34, 17, and 20 before he got hurt. The The Saints were starting to use him a lot more after Jameis Winston went down, and I just feel like, it's again, there's been so many injuries this year in the league, and it's just hard to see how these guys will bounce back and if they'll get re-hurt. But I just like Kamara just because of how much of his receiving upside he has and just how great he's been.
0: In terms of in terms of like a way too early, I don't think it can get it can get way too early with Alvin Kamara. i I just feel like I have worded that bad. But basically, <laughs> the Saints just like are such a huge question mark. Yeah. probably more than the Packers. Yeah, I think because you have no Michael idea. Thomas. You have no idea if they're bringing back Michael Thomas. You have no idea about the quarterback situation. It's just like. Such a big unknown. And also, their left tackle, Teron Armstead, is a free agent. Right now, in terms of Taysom Hill, like uh, in terms of Alvin Kamara at this moment, I don't like him with Taysom Hill. And last year it didn't work. So it's just su- they can go in any direction because they might have a high draft pick and then they could get a quarterback who is pretty solid and then Kamara is good. But then they could also, I don't, I just don't think they, do they stick with Jameis, you think? I mean, Jameis didn't look bad when he did play. He wasn't awful. They were a playoff team there. They were one game back of the Bucks. Yeah, exactly.
1: And they were on a a hot streak. Mm -hmm. And then he just got hurt. They
0: might say with Jameis, and then that makes me like Kamara. And like you were talking about, just like 30, 25, 17, in in his last three games that he's been healthy. And I just feel like Kamara is such an explosive back that you can't have him outside of this first round. But it's just such such a question mark for next year.
1: I really I really don't know at this point what the Saints should do. Like you're not it's not like Jameis Winston is gonna blossom into this quarterback that can lead you to a Super Bowl. Like Jameis yeah. Winston is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He's barely a playoff caliber quarterback. And Taysom Hill is far from that too. Taysom Hill, not He's even all the position he plays. He's marked as a tight end in some way. Like I don't understand. But It's really confusing what the Saints are going to do. I feel like if they start losing more, then they'll just lose the rest of the games and just maybe draft a quarterback that'll actually be able to have a good fit for Kamara. And I just, I mean... I just don't know what this team's gonna do. Like with Michael Thomas coming back, it's it'll be weird, but I still love Kamara either way. He's gonna get his receiving upside either way. He's gonna get his red zone carries either way, unless Taysom Hill does stay for some reason as that quarterback one. But if James Winston's there, he's gonna get his red zone carries. Mark Ingram might yeah. steal a one yard touchdown here and there. But I just don't I just don't think the Saints I mean, I just don't think Kamara will do badly or I mean I think he'll do great.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so with my 10th pick here, I actually have Debo, and I just feel like in Shanahan's offense, Debo is incredible. His workload, no matter what position he's playing, running back, receiver, it doesn't matter. Debo just brings such a unique aspect to the game, and I just feel like he's an incredible player to have on your team, and is such a fun guy. And last year, Last year, people kind of forgot about him because he was hurt, but he had a game against the Rams where he went like 11 for 183, and then when they made that Super Bowl run back in like 2019 or something like that, when they made that Super Bowl run, he was a, a big part of that offense with George Kittle, and Shanahan loves using him in all sorts of ways that his workload is just incredible. Yeah, and I think, again, the 49ers are a
1: piece away, maybe a defensive player away from going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They have great weapons on offense, and I just think maybe if they get one more receiver or the defense has always been the great thing for the 49ers, and it's really just not been great this year. But I just I, I love Debo, too. His workload's amazing. We haven't seen a guy like him in so long where those end rounds work for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally hand it to him an end round, everybody knows the ball's going to him, and he gets 25 yards and scores. Yeah. It's, it's crazy.
0: Also, in terms of next year, Aaron Rodgers might be going to the 49ers. Like, you just yeah. never know with some of this stuff, because I feel like this offseason is going to have a lot of big names flying yeah, around. Definitely. So we'll see. Uh, moving on to our 11th pick, um, Caleb, who do you have?
1: Um, I mean, I have Dalvin Cook. We've talked about him before. He's just lots of injuries. He's not very—but if you can get him at 10, 11— and that would be amazing for your team, especially if he stays healthy.
0: I just feel like this is too low because his rushing and receiving floor is like so high. It's higher. It's way higher than some of these other guys here, that like you have like Kamara, who is a huge question mark. I feel like Dalvin Cook is a sta- staple running back in his offense, and I feel like he should be a lot higher. But if you're able to get him at like the 11th, 12th pick here, like that's just incredible.
1: I mean, yeah, there's no chance he'll fall. People will take him over, but I just don't like him as much as Kamara when they're both... If I could took a fully healthy Dalvin, Alvin Kamara and a fully healthy Dalvin Cook in their offenses, I would like Kamara more just because of his receiving upside is so much more and he gets so many more receiving touchdowns. And I just wouldn't see myself taking Cook over any other guy on my list just because of how much he's injury-prone. I wouldn't take Cook over Mixon. I wouldn't take him over any of these receivers. But I definitely think that he's a great... Like, he's a great fantasy running back when he does play.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, At my 11th pick, like you were just talking about, I have Kamara. And Kamara's still great, but we were just talking about this. It's just such a question mark. But talent-wise, he is a top-five running back. And I, it's just such a question mark where they can go all sorts of ways with their draft picks because they need wide receivers. Jameis might be the answer, might not be. It's just... Such a huge question, Mark. And Mark Ingram is also a free agent after this year. Yeah. It's cr- crazy. Um, so moving on to our last pick in this mock draft. Caleb, who is it?
1: Um, I have Debo Samuel. You talked about him before. He has amazing workload in Shanahan's offense. Um, I feel like I would take him over a guy like Stephon Diggs or something like that just because he gets more targets and more volume and he's just looked better this year. He's looked amazing this year and I just think he'll keep it up next year. But with Kittle coming back, we'll see how much his volume gets affected because Kittle had like 130 yards and two touchdowns when he was out. I don't know if they're going to realize that Kittle is amazing still and will will is still still is amazing and like give him the ball a little bit less, but I, I still love him.
0: I feel like even if they try to shift towards Kittle. Kittle is also injury-prone. Yeah, definitely. But also, also I just feel like if Debo Samuel is a running back, I would still take him in the first round because he <laughs> is incredible after the catch. Yeah. And I, I just feel like even if he was a running back, I would take him in the first He's round. He's
1: so explosive. It's amazing. He's amazing
0: hmm So my last pick here is Stefan Diggs, and he is quietly actually the wide receiver nine on the year, and he did play in, like, this awful weather game in Buffalo on Monday night, and get, getting Diggs at the 12th pick here, and he's just—he has the ability to be the best wide receiver in the NFL is just a complete steal, and Diggs is still a great player in a high-passing offense that I just feel like— Gang Stefan Diggs at the 12th pick is a steal, and he will definitely, definitely be one of those guys who I try and get on the turn in a couple, in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean it's quiet because it's Stefan Diggs as the wide receiver nine. Nobody yeah. ever expected that. People were taking digs as the third receiver in the draft.
0: Well, I mean, he went, he was like off to an awful start. He was like the wide receiver 17, but like he's
1: he's he's quietly like,
0: he's quietly crept into like the top 10. And I definitely feel like he could finish the year as a top five wide receiver here.
1: Yeah. It's just been shaky quarterback play with him too. Josh Allen hasn't been very consistent and the bills altogether hasn't been consistent at all. And it's really just how the bills like incorporate him into the offense more because he's Clearly, he's still a top five, top seven receiver in the league, and mm-hmm. I just think they just have to incorporate him a lot more.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just gonna say a couple of guys who we actually like don't have on the list that you might be able to get on like the turn here. Yeah. So you have like a guy on Nick, like Nick Chubb, like we've been True. talking about. Injury
1: prone too, though.
0: Ezekiel Elliott, really solid there. Uh, Leonard Fournette has actually been the running back four so th- so far through the year. Yeah, I mean, he's been really quiet. Aaron Jones, I I mean, he's a free agent next year. He's a free agent next year. He could go somewhere nice. Um, Miami, maybe. Yeah, and then you have Antonio Gibson. I feel like he's been starting to heat up a little bit. Offend, yeah. DeAndre Swift just has such a huge workload. I just feel like there's so many running backs, and then there's wide receivers like. Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase. I mean, I could keep going just like McLaurin. Yeah, just guys are like so incredible. I feel like next year's draft is going to be like insanely stacked.
1: Yeah, it's it's literally going to be just like this year. You're going to pick. It's going to be whatever guy you pick that's going to go off and whoever picks the guy that doesn't go off and has like a worse year than they did last year.
0: Yeah. Okay, so quickly, let's do a ride or die. Caleb, who are you riding with this year? Um,
1: I'm riding with DJ Moore. Last time McCaffrey was out, he was the clear number one target, and he was the clear guy that they were going to every single time. Now with Cam, they're in a winner go home game against the Falcons. They're a bad defense. They literally have to win this game, or they're out of the playoffs. Pretty much completely and I can see him going for 100 yards at least and punching in At least a touchdown he had 100 yards last week And a terrible loss against Miami And that deep that will always I think, he'll, I think He'll definitely be able to
0: shine I don't like this he's going up against AJ Terrell who's been incredible This year I mean AJ Terrell AJ, AJ Terrell is probably going to shadow him And Cam Newton isn't the best uh, Quarterback I don't Like DJ Moore this week I feel like He gets bottled up here
1: no, I think they uh, they're gonna force the him the ball, even with A.J. Trail on him. I feel like, I mean, I, I I don't. They're just gonna force him the ball. A.J. Trail got up fifteen receptions and hundred fifty yards to Chris Godwin last week. When he, he didn't
0: shadow him because Godwin's on the flex. Yeah, but he was Mike still, Evans. But and Mike Evans had like five catches and forty three yards on him. I
1: mean, I I just this Falcons defense is terrible. Even with AJ Trail there, if he doesn't get shadowed the whole entire game, which he might not, then I just think they're just gonna feed DJ more the whole entire game, and I think he'll definitely have a pop off game because that's the only person who they can really go
0: to. Mm-hmm. Um. So my guy has gone eleven 2, seven and five in his last four games, and it's DK Metcalf, and he's going up against the Texans. Just do something.
1: Yeah, like, I, I. You
0: should. You should do good
1: yeah he should that's but simple. Tyler Lockett is the clear wide receiver one. He's getting targets on a short on short passes now too, and Lockett's just proved himself to be a lot better than d k Metcalf this year and I don't think Russell Wilson or any quarterback in Seattle is liking dK Metcalf as much. He hasn't scored a touchdown since the last day of October, and I just feel like I just don't like even even if you're going against the Texans, I just don't like him as much
0: i mean he's going against the Texans him. Mm-hmm. He should be. He should just do good. Yeah, it's that simple. Um. Okay. So who's who? Are, who do you think is gonna bust this week?
1: Unfortunately, it's James Robinson. I hate him so much. He's so annoying. He literally gets benched after he fumbles one time, and he just doesn't get points the whole entire game. Cost me multiple weeks in fantasy. I traded for him, and now he's terrible. Um, coming off an injury, he just has been benched sometimes and I just don't like him a game going against a decent run defense this week in the Titans and I just I mean like bench him if you can but I can't afford to bench him in my league but bench him if you can because he's not gonna I just don't trust him at all
0: I I like this too and it's funny in a league I'm debating between James Robinson and a guy who I think is gonna bust this week in DeAndre Hopkins he had a touchdown in his return but that was about it and now he's going up against Jalen Ramsey who kind of owns D-Hop I wouldn't expect a huge game from DeAndre Hopkins this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals owned the Rams completely last time they played them, so I just think we'll see how everybody does on the Cardinals this week.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, Caleb, thanks for coming on. Uh, We're going to be going on Christmas break, so we aren't going to be seeing you guys for a couple of weeks. But happy holidays, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio, and thank you to Josh, the producer, and see you guys next time.
1: Thank you.